0: keep Snacking on this tahini until I do the intro.
1: <laughs> this is where I'm going to cut the intro. You were just hand fisting tahini into your face.
0: 100%.
1: That's what you If doing I could
0: doing. do this all day without having a sodium problem, I would. Oh,
1: does tahini have a lot of sodium in it?
0: It's mostly salt. Yeah.
1: It, okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, It's just a salt
0: vessel. Pretty much, it's like a vessel. It's like a, a lime juice vessel with like a little bit of spice and salt. Okay. All right. Yeah. I get it.
1: I get where you. I get. I get it now. Thank so you guys. So go on. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. This is the Bloody Podcast. I'm Lori Rogencamp, happy and content where my life is at right now. And <laughs> I'm joined as always by another extremely content person, Maria Felix. I love. I love
0: how I, I love how I don't make any money doing what I love. Um, (laughs) I found out. (laughs) It's one of the things I wake
1: up, I wake up and I go, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: You know, you don't do it for the money. No, you You do it for the identity crisis.
1: Yes. You do it for the, the, uh, you're a fraud, (laughs) constant constantly screaming at a computer screen you're a fraud and you have nothing to offer yeah
0: absolutely absolutely um thank you guys for listening to bloody podcast i think we said that already <laughs> <laughs> you know what I, thank I, you I, thank you double time how about that i'm going to i'm going to uh go right into it so uh, update that i found out why hispanic heritage month uh started out uh, or why it's in the middle of the of the month it's because and I didn't write down the names of the presidents, but I think it's like Johnson and whoever it was before or after. Um, do, do we have know?
1: a President Johnson? Lyndon B. Johnson. Oh my God. Wow. That's sad that I.
0: <laughs> well, um, one of the presidents made the 15th like Hispanic Heritage Day, right? Mm-hmm. Like he declared it that. And then another president, the president after him was like, oh like let's let's make it more epic. Basically, it wasn't for like Hispanic people. It was more so like he wanted to be like, let's make it let's make it bigger. let's make it better, and let's make it a month and so, but the day had was already on the fifteenth oh, okay. and so he was like, they'll just make it a month starting the fifteenth. Well, keep it as the fifteenth. He found out that because it may because it was the day of independence for. Like uh, Nicaragua, Honduras, and a couple other places, for against their once they won independence from Spain. Oh, okay. So it's like, we'll just keep it at that and just start at half month. So basically, it's just it's basic. It's it's fitting white. It's fitting us into a convenient little box <laughs> for white people of like we'll just we'll do it this day because this is the day we have open on the calendar. Well,
1: I mean, but what. <laughs> What wouldn't be fitting them into a box calendar wise? I feel like that's
0: pretty much all you're doing is fitting. At him into least, a box. at least everybody else gets a month starting on the first, and then our, uh, Arn- yeah. and then ours bleeds into uh, Filipino Heritage Month because Filipino Heritage Month is October, so we're just overlapping. <laughs> it's a whole problem. <laughs> I think. I think it's a problem.
1: So what you're saying is, is that even calendar wise, we're not doing enough to
0: support people of color, (laughs) especially calendar wise. There are not enough days in the calendar year for people of color. I'll tell you that. Um,
1: And I will just say this. I think Black History Month should be January. I think it should be the start of the year. How we get things rolling, because February (laughs) is always the shortest month. Yeah. So I think we should just make it January. And then we make Mexican Heritage Month February. And then that way, boom.
0: Why do we oh. get the shortest month? <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn it. And also, it's Hispanic Heritage Month, not Mexican Heritage Month. Well, that makes more sense.
1: Um, <laughs> but I got to be honest, I'm not doing a good job at this.
0: We are going to Mexico today, so it's, it's OK. You're on the nose. Whew. OK. All right. <laughs>
1: i meant to do that
0: yeah i'm sure you did this case uh that takes place in mexico does have the main perpetrator as a man but i think you could kind of judge it is definitely he's definitely the main perpetrator but i definitely wouldn't leave the woman blameless in this case well
1: you you know my favorite quote about male-female relationships is from my big fat greek wedding oh yes the mom says the man is the head of the house but the woman is the neck neck. yeah she can move the man any way she wants (laughs) i uh you know i love that movie um so yeah i i have a feeling as we go along i have a feeling that the the woman in this story
2: is going to be not going to be a background player so,
0: yeah. So, it's no secret that the country of Mexico has a widespread problem of femicide. In the first five months of 2021 alone, feminicide went up by 7% from the same time last year. And it's estimated that 10 women a day are killed in Mexico simply because of their gender. Jeez. Wow, The problem has been ongoing for over a decade, really since I would say somewhere around 2006, it really started becoming a problem. And it was only eight years ago that Mexico even began classifying deaths as femicides. Before that, it was just not acknowledged as anything more than a homicide. And so there were no statistics really taken before that. And even now, statistics are like, not the best.
2: Yeah, they probably are like, uh, I think it was she was killed
1: cause she uh she can't uh drive.
0: Yeah, that's it. she can't: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, the police are just guessing. Yeah'm uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna go with B. Yeah, uh, she probably was killed for uh
1: the cash. I'm going to do a a cash impression of a Brooklyn person um, because I will definitely not be doing a (laughs) a Hispanic accent during this. So that's all of my uh, Mexican police impersonations are going to be. Are you saying
0: you don't want to? Uh, No, No,
1: because uh, as I've said, as I've stated many times, my accents start off bad and then go Indian. So I don't want to offend a whole four groups of people uh so you said, why don't you try imitating star <laughs> i could try imitate <laughs> oh you know i do, <laughs> this is this is really bad i do an impression of her grandfather that i feel like is really great <laughs> Can they hear it yeah okay <clears throat> all right i don't know why i'm clearing my throat it doesn't
2: cu- take anything all right <laughs> i was a rebel okay like i was uh i was a bad guy all
1: right. Like I would go party and uh, I would, uh, I was a party animal. Okay. Oh,
2: so, yeah,
1: <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I, I was a party animal. I would, <laughs> uh, got, girls would come over to my house all the time and I'd be like, hey, come over to my house. I'm a party animal.
0: I think that's what you need to do for today. <laughs> all right.
1: <laughs> because he's always talking about how he's a party animal.
0: I'm sure he is. Or was.
1: He was. Now he's a, a born-again Christian.
0: Oh, perfect. Now he's old and can't can't party anymore. Yeah. <laughs> party to like die, eh? Yeah. <laughs> so the term feminicide had just barely come about when this particular case of violence against women came to light. If you travel to Mexico City you will no doubt, like in every other metropolis, witness the dichotomies of the rich and poor that exist in all large cities. But just 15 miles or 25 kilometers from the city center of Mexico City lies a small city suburb that is considered the most dangerous city in Mexico. Locals even refer to it as the gateway to hell. The place is called Ecatepec de Morales, commonly referred to as just Ecatepec. Uh,
1: which in English translate to New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> ah, That's fun. That's
0: fun. Ecatepec is home to the largest concentration of murdered women in any given part of Mexico.
1: No, that's not fun.
0: That's not fun. The city is no larger than Phoenix, Arizona. Wow. And it's, yeah, it's not very big. And it's also one of the poorest and most densely populated places in the country. Oof. From 2015 to th- 2019, and this is the latest statistic we have over 1,286 murders of women were reported in Ecatypic. And that's not taking into account that 90 percent of crimes and missing persons are not reported to authorities in Mexico. Wow.
1: Wow, wow, wow. So the so 90% is not so the of the 10%. Yeah.
0: Damn. So 10%, which is what we're seeing, 1200 1200 is 10% approximately, roughly approximately. Yeah.
1: The roads? That's crazy. That is so crazy to me that that of that that so it's just it must be like you must it must be like
2: at least ten thousand women then, right? Or am I doing math wrong? I mean, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell
0: because like ninety percent of crimes are go unreported in Mexico. Period. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. If that means ten thousand, I mean it's possible ten thousand women murdered in the area. It, I think the population is like one point six million. Um, yeah, it's a really poor area. It's really it's packed to the gills, um, and it's it's a yeah. It lies right right outside of of Mexico City. Jeez. The roads into Ecatepec are lined with crosses and flowers, each marking the place where a murder victim's body was found. Mm. Many of them are found thrown over ditches, in the Blackwater sewers, and even in the dirty streets of the city. It sounds like fucking uh, Whitechapel, or what was it called, where Jack the Ripper lived? Yeah. lived. It sounds just like that. It was like the poorest, most fucked up part of the city.
1: Yeah. There was this town that I was looking at that I um, was trying to find this documentary for. um, Where, like, basically, and we'll we'll cover this eventually. But basically, I think the gist of the town was like, it was a group of women who, like, essentially, the men came back for more and were just useless. And so the women got together and just poisoned all the men in the town. (laughs) And we're oh, just like, crazy yeah and we're just like we're done but the the, the uh <laughs> article that i read about it at the time was like they were everybody was so poor that when you get to that state you are like so in survival mode that you it's just like humanity just you don't even think about that like somebody else's life has no bearing on you whatsoever like if somebody yeah. dies you it's just like so what like okay. You know, it's it like
0: common, like commonplace, you mean?
1: Yeah. And I just I'm like, I could never imagine having that. Ha- I mean, that must be like its own form of just
0: absolute like torture and fear. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. The, the, the women definitely, I mean, everybody, but the women especially live in fear. In, in ecotopic, you know, it's just like yeah. at every corner you could, you could die. Just terrifying. That is terrifying.
1: I mean, I feel like if I lived there, I would be dead in five seconds. Um, because I do not do well under pressure.
0: I'm pretty sure that the only way to survive is if you run and get away. So then I'd definitely be dead.
1: Um, there's no way I'm running. <laughs> uh, in
0: 2012. The neighborhood of Jardines de Morelos, which means Gardens of Morelos, in Ecatepec saw an increase in the amount of women they were that were going missing from their community, which is already like a lot. So for it to increase even more is crazy. The first one reported, not the first one, but the the first one that is in our case, I guess. Um. Was 13 year old Luz de Carmen Miranda, Mm. who seemed to have disappeared into thin air on a Thursday afternoon on April 12, 2012. Her family reported her missing, but as always, the police dragged their feet on the investigation and nothing came of it. Confused and heartbroken, The family did what they could to keep the memory of their child alive with an altar. But the years dragged on, and more women disappeared, and no news about Luce came to light. Then, in 2018, three more women disappeared within months of each other in the neighborhood. First, Arlette Samantha Olguion, a 23 year old, disappeared in April, and she was last seen in her neighborhood of Jardines de Morelos. Then in July, 20-year-old Evelyn Rojas wasn't seen after the afternoon of the 26th. And then on September 6th, after dropping off her kindergartner at school, 25-year-old Nancy Noemi was supposed to meet her mom for lunch along with her two-month-old. Nancy never made it to her mother's, and her baby disappeared, too. The victim's families all told the police the same thing. The last time they had talked to their daughters, they had all mentioned plans to stop by a vendor that sold clothes, costume jewelry, or some of the women mentioned looking at some cell phones that a guy was selling. So all, not just these three women, but multiple women in the area who then the, po- the families told the police, they said they were going to go shopping, like, at this particular place. And then, like, we never heard from them again. Yeah. For, like, years these people are saying this stuff and the police are doing nothing. They're just like, okay. Like they just like drag their feet. They don't investigate it. They don't do it. Yeah.
1: They're like, Oh, we got a, we got a lot of other people we got to worry about. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we're maybe your daughter's a party animal. Yeah. Maybe that's the case.
0: I mean, there's also like one, the, the dad of Luce said that, you know, when he was at the station, Giving reports and trying to get information, he would notice that it's not like the police have a lot of people to count on there. Yeah, like, there's like no. He's like there was nobody guarding the the jail cells in the station. There's like one police officer there. There's nobody at the front desk. Like it's just like they don't have people either to do investigations.
1: Yeah. Well, that's like uh, that reminds me a lot of that like man with the candy. Story about that guy who killed all those young boys in Texas, yeah, and Coral, like, yeah, Dean Coral, and it was yeah. like they the the author really goes into detail about like how how bad it was police wise, not not saying like the police were you know just not saying they were they were terrible which some of them were, but just like they were like maybe like two pol- two detectives for like you know twenty five thousand people sort of thing and it was like how in the hell are they supposed to do their job efficiently when they have that little
0: that little manpower and those little resources exactly i mean nobody wants to be a cop especially in mexico Where it's like fucking yeah you're you're gonna die training to be a cop is like training for death
1: yeah It, it takes a special kind of person who like is willing to you know do some heavy shit Mm -hmm. and that's just in general i feel like with police officers in more you know in areas where it's just it's hard to be a police officer you know you're either you're either getting into it because you want to make a difference and then you're you're just hit in the face with how difficult that is or you're getting into it for the wrong reasons and then you're just making it worse so exactly
0: exactly which you know that's part of the problem too, is getting yeah. there for the wrong reasons. Exactly. There's so many things, but Bloody Podcasts can have all the answers to all the socioeconomic problems of the world. <laughs> I, I couldn't even
1: figure out the calendar. So <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, we're we're not we're not gonna be solving any issues.
0: <laughs> so So there's this, so the families are telling the police, you know, there's this, they're all going shopping before. And then like, you know, it's not like shopping at a mall or anything like it is in America. It's like, even in America, actually, even in LA, in, in poorer areas, like there won't be really shops as much as there'll be vendors and like people that are like street vendors selling clothes and like selling accessories and stuff, you know? It's oh, not okay. a full-fledged shop. Yeah. So it's commonplace, especially in a poor area, like, where they are, to to be like, oh, I have, you know, if you come to my house, I have a bunch of pants on wholesale that I got on wholesale. Oh, okay. You know? Kind of like so, a Craigslist kind of thing? I mean, except there's no internet. Like, you're just telling people that you know in the neighborhood. Oh, oh, okay. So, like, you would go,
1: you'd be like, I'm going to get some pants, and then you go to, like, this Area, and there's people like, mm-hmm. Oh, I have some pants if you need some.
0: Okay. Yeah. 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 And then, or, and then it'll be similar to like, you or or you'll go out with your goods, like it's kind of like a merchant. Like, well, I mean, like here, like the, in LA, have you ever been to the Santee Alley? Yeah. So it's a little like that. But yeah, then there's also the fact they're like, Well, I have the rest of my wholesale stock at my house, kind of thing.
2: Oh, gotcha. Gotcha.
0: Oof. Um, so, some reports say that um, once Nancy went missing and they were, they were at this part of the investigation, that the police learned through the victim's texts and call history that they discovered that Nancy, Arlette, and Evelyn had all planned to meet with a woman named Patricia, Patricia sorry, with a, mo- with a woman named, I don't, I don't, I'll just say it the Spanish way, Patricia. So Patricia, hours before they disappeared, other oh, wow. yeah, other articles though, like others say that the police were just handed the case, like they didn't discover that they were just handed the case when they just so happened to be tracking Nancy's phone still, and somebody turned the phone on a few days after she disappeared, and then. The signal went to a house at 530 Playa Tijuana Street in the neighborhood of Hardines de Morales.
1: <laughs> I just imagine, like, some detective was like,
0: Hey, this phone is
1: on. And then just the, the phone just laying there, like, Way to go, detective. And he's like, Ah. Yeah, <laughs> I did it on purpose. It was me. It was me.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, I no, talking it to the, he's all talking to Patricia on the other on the other like line. He's like, oh, hey, who's this? You like to party?
2: <laughs> you got a nice voice.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh, you're selling pants? Okay. Uh no, I'm not a woman. Why would you ask that? Is it my voice? I get made fun of a lot because of my
2: voice. <laughs> I'm a police officer. A police- oh, she hung up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so there, the police put the family who lived at that at that apartment under surveillance. They watched and learned the patterns. Of one 38 year old Juan Carlos Hernandez and his wife, 44 year old Patricia Martinez.
1: <laughs> I gotta be honest. If, if I didn't know this story was definitely true, I'd be like, that is a white person pretending to be a Mexican. And Patricia. <laughs> Patricia. Yeah. Patricia, Patricia and Juan Carlos Hernandez. Like, it's, those are <laughs> like, uh, my name is Juan Carlos Hernandez.
2: That's my name. <laughs>
1: like, this is definitely like two white people who are like, "What's our names?"
0: Yeah.
2: My names: Patrice. What should I go? Patricia.
1: Go by Patricia. 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 Patrice. Patrice.
0: Do you think they're okay with Pat? <laughs> Pat Hernandez. I think. I think that they're still a little raw from this SNL character. Oh. I think it's new here is new here. Yeah. <laughs> oh man
1: that, that oh, is ola. <laughs> ola, my dad my dad i remember having getting in a screaming match with my father when i was younger because he was dead set that ola was actually jola and i was like no it's not jola you dumbass <laughs> like i'm taking a class the teacher says it to us every day it's ola he goes no, your teacher's an idiot. It's Jola.
0: <laughs> okay, maybe he should. Maybe he was like talking to an Argentinian, like our last episode. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, well, obviously, it's the H is always a J." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This guy says it. <laughs> um, That'd be funny. So the police learned that the couple had four young children. I don't think the oldest was more than eight years old, maybe seven. Oh, wow. And worked a few odd jobs and hustles to get by. They sold all kinds of things. They sold esquite. That's what Patricia mainly sold. Esquite is, it's like street corn, you know? Um, which oh. sounds gross. <laughs> It sounds gross if you're not familiar with it. I thought it was
1: something... <laughs> That had to do with the yin-yang twins. <laughs> to the oh no! <laughs> to
0: the wall. <laughs> I mean, a clever vendor would blast that. Honestly, it's a great idea. <laughs> um, what, so I, I, it might be esquite. I I've only seen it. I'm, like on signs. I've never heard it say out loud. But basically, it's like corn on the cob, but it's it's like the one that you get here in L.A. that has like the mayo and the chili and it's really good oh yeah 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 except it's not on the cob they've done the extra wonderful step of putting it in the cup for you oh yeah
1: i yeah. watch that on uh on facebook sometimes i'll watch videos and it always be like uh they make that and then it's just like they put more and more ingredients yeah it's a styrofoam a container with a lid and they can't close the lid. <laughs> just like whoever's yeah. eating that better be near a bathroom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I think of it like the the Mexican version of, of the Midwestern bloody Mary. Yes. You just like add as much food as possible. Where without no alcohol.
1: Yeah, it basically becomes like a soup almost. It's not yeah. it's no longer a drink. It's an yeah. alcoholic soup. <laughs> also, guys, uh, just an update: Maria is still hand fisting tahine into her mouth. Just in case Never you were stopped. wondering if she stopped, no. she has not stopped. I have not. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I'm talking, tahine is going in her mouth.
0: <laughs> it's not a problem. It's not a problem. It's not a problem. Okay. Um, okay. They also sold perfumes clothes stolen and slash used cell phones and were often seen picking trash uh picking picking through trash by other people in the area okay i don't know how long they had them under surveillance um i'm not sure if if it was a few days or if it was almost a month i'm gonna say it was probably like a week or so but On October 4th, and remember, Nancy went missing. She was the last one to go missing. She went missing on September 6th. So on October 4th, the police stopped the couple as they walked down the street. While Juan Carlos carried a few heavy shopping bags and Patricia pushed a stroller loaded with items. But no, there's no kids. Loaded with items down the street. Oh, okay. The items were actually human
2: remains. (gasps) What?
0: The police arrested the couple and held them separately while they went to investigate their house. What they found inside and the subsequent confessions earned the little modest apartment the name the House of Horrors, and the couple who both hailed from the state of Michoacán, were now referred to as the monsters of Ecatepec or los carniceros de Ecatepec, which means the butchers of Ecatepec. Wow.
1: The apartment. I bet the butcher of Ecatepec is like, fuck you guys. I've built a solid
2: business.
1: (laughs) He's selling my name. You guys ruin it in like 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. Fuck you.
0: Gotta change the name. Gotta paint over the
1: sign. (laughs) I was gonna go on social media. I was finally gonna get a
0: Facebook page. (laughs) So the apartment, which was compromised of semi-divided concrete rooms, Very little furniture inside. It's a really standard apartment of lower income classes in Latin American countries. It's like very basic inside. um, So there's very little furniture in their apartment. And it's mostly full of buckets, bags, plastic bags, trash bags with different items in them. And the absolute minimum needed for living in a place, basically. Gotcha. But as soon as the police walked in, the smell of death was undeniable. They barely had to look in all the scattered bags and buckets in the bathroom, in the laundry area, and in the kitchen to find them all full of human remains. The fridge was padlocked, but that doesn't mean that there was. I mean, it. It was just. It was everywhere. Was littered with human remains so there's no way that the kids that lived there and slept there did not interact with all this stuff oh man that's that's tough yeah inside the fridge it was obviously also full of of different pieces of of human beings yeah and an altar to santa muerte you know the 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 death saint sorry the saint of how, how do you say it i guess i mean Holy death, really. Yeah. Uh, Was was an altar to, to them, was set up in the corner and was also decorated with more remains as offerings to the saint. Jeez. Once under custody, Juan Carlos and Patricia openly confessed to killing at least 20 women together since 2012. They said that they regularly killed a woman after Juan Carlos raped the woman. And then not only would they dismember them, but they ate portions of them.
2: Oh. While they were dead or while they were alive? While they were dead. Oh, I guess that's okay. I guess that's something. They'd cook the meat like carne asada. All right. Or dice it up and put it
0: in their tacos. And they fed it, almost exclusively fed human remains to their children and their dogs.
2: Ugh, those poor kids.
0: Yeah, it's terrible. The children had no choice. They had no idea what was going on, and
2: they certainly didn't have a choice. God. Ugh, wouldn't it be, like, I mean, just to be, like, I don't even. I mean, how would you go
1: about telling those kids? Would you even tell them? Like, I would just be like, keep them in the dark and be like, "Yeah, you, we're just not gonna eat that kind of carne asada anymore. We're gonna have a different kind."
0: I don't know. I mean, I guess you have to just lie to them about their whole past because once they find out who their parents are, they're gonna know what happened. Well, that's true. Yeah, there's no way to escape that. Maybe it's best to try to keep it from them until they're older, because they feel like. A- Young mind could snap, but I don't yeah. know. No idea. I, I, I don't plan to eat any people yeah. or feed them to my kids. So, I mean, hopefully, well, I don't have to face this problem.
1: If you ever do, just let me know. Just okay. call me up and just be like, hey, this is how I dealt with it. I'd love to know.
0: I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. Then.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Ob- I'll But, and, and same <laughs> to me. I mean, I, I don't want to put this on you. Same to me. If I, yeah, ever... oh,
0: yeah. Don't yeah. call me. <laughs> don't call me <laughs> if
1: i ever uh if i ever end up eating uh you know uh eating human remains and giving them to my children and then explaining to them years later i'll uh, i'll definitely keep you i'll send you an email okay <laughs> i'll
2: detail it to you
0: perfect perfect um shortly after their first set of trials a psychological assessment Video of Juan Carlos was leaked to the internet uh, where he goes into detail about the reasons he believes he kills and his history with Patricia. So he says that his mom was a prostitute and that he would often witness her bringing different men home while his father was at work. On top of that, he says another woman. A sex worker who also occasionally took care of him sexually abused him when he was young.
2: Oh, that's tough.
0: He also recalled that he would witness his mother hit and abuse his father, who would never fight back or hurt her. It was then, he says, he decided that he would never let a woman hurt him in that way. And he began to hate women. Oh, right. Right. He says he first killed when he was a teenager and had killed his 15-year-old girlfriend. I think he was 19. He normally snuck into her house at 5 a.m. because her mom went to work at 4 a.m. One day, he discovered that she was cheating on him with somebody else. So he snuck in like usual, enraged, and strangled her to death. Oof. The family and the police had no idea he was even her boyfriend, so they never suspected him, and the blame fell on somebody else. He said he kept killing since then, but didn't go into details about how many he had killed between this girl, whose name was Monica, and when he met Patricia. About him and Patricia, he said that him and Patricia met in 2008 at a restaurant where she worked as a wait as a sorry I wrote witness but it's waitress (laughs) they went to bed together that same night and quickly afterwards he told her that he killed people specifically women and he normally worked for a man um doing so he named the he named the guy to her Um, Patricia said that she didn't care and that she liked him and wanted to be with him. So they stayed together and soon after moved into the house at Playa Tijuana Street. Oh,
1: Patricia.
0: Oh, Patricia. Yeah. We don't know much about Patricia before that, except that she supposedly worked as a sex worker before she was a waitress at some point. Which I think is just like a thing. I'm not sure how true that is. I feel like that's just like a thing somebody put in there, because they're like, well, she's every other kind of degenerate. She was probably a sex worker too, or maybe it's true. I don't know. But the yeah, we don't we don't we barely know anything about her. Um, so it said that she was a sex worker before that, and that she has a mental handicap. It doesn't say what it is. Did you say that that she falls in love with serial killers? I yeah. That's probably that's a pretty big mental handicap. You're right. There was
2: once this guy who
1: I uh, I was dating uh, that I met at a a Taekwondo class at a community college that I was taking, Eh. (laughs) and he uh, it was basically one of those things where he was like he was interested in me, and I was like, well, I got nothing going on. (laughs) Hey, but you already like how old are you? I want to say I was like twenty. Two twenty three. Okay, so you were definitely knew you were gay. I, definitely, I definitely knew I was gay. I was just like, I would just be like, maybe I don't know, maybe this okay. guy will be the I, one to that's valid. Yeah, to turn you straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take some more tajin. Uh, so, so I, uh <laughs> I, but he used to he used to uh tell me about every 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 time we went somewhere he would tell me about how he escaped from the police. every location
0: like uh, different like different times or the same time
1: different times so i would be like he'd be like oh yeah i escaped for the police here i was i was hanging out here and this guy just came up to me and started fighting me and then the police were like hey man what are you doing i was like i'm just protecting myself and like i ran away and and he was like a chubby guy so i was like he ran away from the police (laughs) he also was like he also like failed uh he got kicked out of the community college i don't know why but he got kicked out they basically were like do not come back here and he like was terrible at taekwondo (laughs) um so i was like how did you defend yourself so i just imagine that like somewhere there's a woman who saw that and goes you're my hero i love you and she's like just builds that guy up and makes him think that he's like actually like it's really cool that he's like that and i'm just like that's the problem like it's these people who just find these these other people who just yes yes and them and then it just like yes ands into
0: murder it's just like yeah yes and is not always a good thing for sure yeah Yeah. for sure we've learned that through many serial killer duos
1: yes (laughs) but it's just like Oh, uh, like, no, you, some people are just, you need to tell people
0: they're weird. Well, you know what? I personally hope that that ex-student, co-student of yours, that found his picture. Yeah. Okay. And that <laughs> they're doing Taekwondo spin kicks in the living room. He, right Yeah. Now. he, <laughs> But we had to buy these sticks
1: to like do the like we had to do stick stuff at the in the class and uh he left the sticks in my car and so when i was like i just don't think this is working out he was like give me back my sticks or else (laughs) (laughs) or else what i was like yeah that's what i said i said or or else what and he just never replied (laughs) and what mind you i was willing to give him back his stick i just was like like i literally wanted i was like i'll let this land and then i'll be like come get your sticks like you know Yeah. But he, like, immediately retorted with, like, you have my stick. I want my sticks back. <laughs> <laughs> or else. And I was like, or else what? I would love <laughs> it if, like, years from now, I'm just walking with Star and her child, and then he comes out of nowhere and just kicks me and goes, or else that? <laughs> yeah.
2: and <laughs> finally did it. Yeah. I did it. Patricia, I did it. <laughs>
0: Well, Juan Carlos and Patricia had three kids together before in 2012, they put up an ad for a housekeeper. Under the pretense that Patricia needed more help because she was pregnant with the third child, the first woman who came to interview was their first dual victim. Oh, no. A 22-year-old woman who Juan Carlos hit over the head from behind And once she was incapacitated, told Patricia to leave with their kids for a while. She did. And Juan Carlos did the unspeakable to the girl while she was alive. Mm. Then killed her. And then dismembered her body in the bathroom.
2: That poor girl.
0: When Patricia returned and saw what he had done, Patricia said that she would go to the police. But Juan Carlos told her that they would both be arrested if she did. So instead, she did nothing. Then it said, oh, out... I don't believe that she said she was going the police. Yeah, it's interesting. He says that she, so this, from this point forward, everything we're hearing is basically from the horse's mouth. It's from Juan Carlos. Oh, I thought it was from her. From part, from, oh. from his, from the psychological assessment that was leaked. Oh, um, okay. So it's still it could still be a lie because he could still be trying to frame. Flame. He does often frame her as of like just a bystander. Yeah. Well, that could be a guy thing too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it definitely probably is because he even says that there's one woman that they killed because uh, she thought she was better than Patricia. Like they thought that she thought that she was better than Patricia. So he was like, nobody insults my woman and he killed her. Um, Jesus Christ. Yeah.
1: I know it's, I know it's shock. I know I shouldn't be shocked that people who kill are immature, but I mean, come on.
0: Super immature.
1: Super immature. You guys, come on, you can be murderers, but don't be immature. All right? Grow the fuck up. All right? (laughs) All right?
0: So then they just did it. She didn't really do nothing. She stayed actively engaged because then they do it a second time. They do this scam probably like, you know, an immeasurable number of times where they say that they're looking for a housekeeper and killed whatever woman comes over. Now, Juan Carlos says that the second time that they ran this same ruse, Juan Carlos tried to convince Patricia to also rape the girl with him. But Patricia didn't want to, and instead, she left again with the two kids and left for 30 minutes while Juan Carlos raped the poor girl, then killed her, and then dismembered her in the bathroom again. This time, when Patricia came back, she didn't say anything about the killing, but she complained that the bathroom was a mess. (laughs) Bitch, what a fucking bitch. eh? (laughs) Like, terrible person. Yeah. Oh
1: my god. You got this uh, innocent woman's blood all over my bathroom.
2: Yeah. You clean up after your mess. Like The
0: worst person.
2: Such a terrible...
0: Oh my god. The couple Ugh. said they often lured women to their apartment with the pretense of having clothes and other goods on wholesale there. Once there, they would either attack them immediately or get them drunk before attacking them together. Even the little girl, Luce, who disappeared in 2012, was one of the victims identified in their house. Oh no. Even worse, she lived upstairs from them. Oh no. Her family had moved in in 2011, and the couple immediately became friendly with the parents of Luce. On the day that she had disappeared, Juan Carlos had approached Luce and told her he had tons of fun jewelry and accessories, things that a 13-year-old girl would love downstairs in his apartment. Some of her remains were identified via DNA after their capture in 2018 and returned to the family, who were still living above the monsters.
2: They also confessed that they often
0: sold remains and bones to a santero, a witch doctor. In the area, and had sold Nancy's bones to him. And sold the baby for fifteen thousand dollars to another couple who lived nearby.
1: Mm, man,
0: that couple was tracked down and arrested, and the baby was returned to her maternal grandmother. At least,
1: oh, thank God.
0: But it was—it's super casual. They're super casual about how they essentially sold human remains for wholesale on the black market all the time yeah that's crazy it's crazy they said that because they were trash pickers no nobody wondered when they were like carrying around wagons full of what looked like trash that they would just be dumping in different places oh okay which is how yeah yeah that's how they got rid of the body parts
2: Some of them. Oh my god. And
1: still the house is still full of it. Like that's crazy.
0: That's how many women they killed. You know?
1: I don't know about. I don't know if you've ever like gone into someone's house. And it just smells really bad. Like I used to go over to this uh, family's house. And they all like. It just smelled like feet all the time. (laughs) And they all had like their. Like bare sweaty feet all over the floor and they were like put their feet on the walls and it was just like on the walls yeah they would just like like sit on the couch and they put their feet on the walls and then it just smelled like feet all the time and so Uh. i was just like so grossed out all the time and then they just never they were like no i never smell it and then one time they went i was uh playing with the girl of the family upstairs in my room and she goes your room smells like farts, and I go, "Well, your house smells like feet." <laughs> 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 and that was last year, um, and we have not talked. No, uh, but but like it's like you never like smell it if it's so. I just wonder if they were like if the kids like smelled it or if they didn't because it's just you. You hear that that smell is so distinct that people just instantly, even though people have never smelled it, instantly know like this is a smell of death
0: yeah I mean, the children grow up in it. I mean, maybe maybe you're right, maybe they didn't register it as bad as other people who are new to the to the room would because the you know they it starts out with one dead rotting body, and then it turns slowly into twenty, and then your senses just die. Yeah, I don't know. um, it's very morbid to think about. <sighs> So,
1: it's so freaking I just can't even like my brain can't even compute
0: the just the horror there. No, it's really hard to. Com- yeah, I feel like even with this with especially with this sort of an episode, you know, an hour doesn't encompass or even begin to touch how much terrible pain these two people inflicted on countless women because we don't know how many people they've killed. Yeah. We
2: had no idea, man. And I mean, Uh, that's the thing is like, you know, men, men
1: and men use women and women use men, but men, you know, when you see a man and a woman and you think, oh, well this, nothing bad will happen to me because there's a woman there and I can trust that woman. That is not the case. (laughs) Never, never assume that. Yeah. Never seen that just because a woman's there that all of a sudden, I mean, how many countless stories have we told or we talked about was like Ghislaine Maxwell, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, Rose West. Like, it's just like so many women who are either just as conniving, just as vicious, or, you know, sometimes more so, or at least accomplices at the very least, which I feel like Patricia, Patricia is probably maybe on the lower end, but the very least she's an accomplice.
0: I mean, she still brought women home for him all the time, you know, because that's how the other three, the three women that led up to the capture, they texted with Patricia first. They weren't texting with just Juan Carlos. So she was actively bringing him victims. Yeah. And eating him. So how inactive, how much of a, you know, victim is she herself? You know, uh, it's tough. It's tough to say if she especially if she did have a mental handicap of some sort what is the extent of that how easily is she influenced or you know is she really super manipulative and knew exactly what she's been doing all the time because it sounds more like she knew exactly what she was doing and just wanted to survive and decided that this dude was her best chance of survival yeah yeah
1: i mean that the that's like a documentary I watched about like women who fall in love with people in prison a lot of times it's like you know they've been hurt by so many other people that they're like well if I love the monster then the monster won't hurt me
0: exactly yeah I'm sure that's what she believed and in her case at least up into their capture it was true because he supposedly like I told you killed women because they looked at her wrong basically and you know um, I
1: think that's probably what he just told her. He was like, I killed that woman because she looked at you weird. Yeah. And I was like, well, I didn't see it because I was in the kitchen. So <laughs> I
0: was cutting up the other woman that you killed.
1: Yeah, I was cutting up. So. She forgot
0: to give us a receipt. Yeah. <laughs> um, also in his psychological assessment, Juan Carlos claims to need human blood and flesh to live. He said he would keep killing women if he got out straight up. And would prefer that his kids and dogs eat nothing else but the women that he kills. He also says that he sees a big black dog often that nobody else sees. So,
2: okay, you know, that's whatever. (laughs) That's the least of
1: the problems there, bud. Yeah. Uh, let's get back to the thing about the killing and then also the wanting to feed the bodies to the dog. The black dog. Uh, we don't even have we don't have a <laughs> lifetime to get to that. All right? Maybe if you survive another 100 years we'll cross that bridge. But
0: he also mentions it in such a way where it doesn't even sound believable cuz he's like going on this like rant about like everything else and how he's, you know, he was saying at first he was like, you know, like I could have finished school. school. Like I had a moment in school where like everything clicked. It was like math and everything, like everything. I I got it all. And then the guy's like, well, why didn't you finish school? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. And I'll tell you what, I see a black dog sometimes. And some people don't, some people will try to tell me there's no black dog there. And I'll say, yes, there is. There is. And I see him and I go get him some food. And then he moves on to another topic. And you're just like, shut up, dude.
1: (laughs) the fuck up you weirdo
0: yeah you watch his assessment and he's very typical like serial killer where he just loves to hear himself talk and victimize himself and like you know make it sound like he's somehow avenging who knows what
2: by yeah. like
0: by killing women but yeah
2: they're like these ethereal
1: be- beings that aren't like they just Uh, I just, you know, I got to do what I got to
0: do. Yeah, it's it's so stupid. So I think I mentioned this earlier, but in case I didn't, they confessed to killing at least 20 women, but we don't know all the names. We really only know the names of those four women in our story today. Um, They received 364 years in prison each. And there they lie. But despite their capture, the murder of women in Ecatepec and the country of Mexico has not slowed down and in fact has continued to rise. Jeez. Activists, yeah, that's they just went, they were just one of many. Activist groups who try to raise awareness of the epidemic are often met with violence during their peaceful protests. Both men and women yell at them to get jobs, call them prostitutes, and throw things at them. And recently, another protest was met with violence by police when they tried to protest in front of the House of Mexican President Alfonso Obrador, who, although he has acknowledged the continuing rise in violence against women, has not really done enough since coming into office in 2018 to try to put an end to it. As of now, less than 4% of feminicide cases that are reported go to trial. Jeez. And the murderers, who often the partners or ex-partners of the woman, are not prosecuted. Wow. So I know it's a problem in many countries, you know, it's come to light a lot. You know, even here in America, we just had it come to light. A little more with at the case of Gabby Petito, you know how she's she was murdered in an area where many indigenous women are have gone missing as well, and that's that's not highlighted. You know, same goes for Canada. It's happening in Mexico, and it's happening in many Latin American countries.
2: Yeah. Uh. So. Yeah, I mean the the women violence against women is
1: is I think they I think I. I could be mistaking this, but violence against women is like 200 times more for women of color. Yeah. So, and, it, and it's, it's a shit show across the board, and it's even
2: more so because women of color are not believed, they're not helped, they're not, you know... They're not accounted for. They're not accounted for. Yeah, exactly. So... Man, that is. This was a downer of a
0: case. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, we will be back next week. Hope you enjoyed it. It is a terrifying, terrifying case. If you think about every little detail of what they, if you once you start to absorb everything that they did and would have happily continued to do, it's just, it's certainly one for october because it's pretty horrific
2: yes yeah that is that's bad uh thank you so much maria for
1: doing the research
0: thank you guys for listening Uh, thank you laurie
1: yeah all right and uh follow us at bloody podcast and uh be safe out there
0: have a good night